Hello, and welcome to the Simply and Fiercely Show, a podcast for women who want to clear their clutter and create space for freedom and joy. If your life keeps getting bigger, but not better, keep listening to learn about decluttering from the inside out. It's about creating a life that's aligned with your values and priorities, so you can have more of what matters and less of what doesn't. I'm your host, Jennifer, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey everybody, it's Jennifer here, and welcome to the Simply and Fiercely Show. In today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about shopping, and perhaps more specifically about how to create healthy shopping habits. Now, a little background so you've got some perspective about what I mean. I used to be a shopaholic, and I know that some of you know that, but I'm not sure if I've ever really made it clear how bad my shopping addiction was. At the peak, I guess, in my late 20s, I want to say, I was shopping at a minimum five days a week, probably closer to seven days a week. I spent almost all of my disposable income and then some. I guess I could say that I was fortunate. I was never to that extreme point that you kind of see probably in stories like on TV where I was going into serious debt, but I was spending money that I didn't have to buy things that I didn't really want. And so if that's not clear, that was obviously a problem. It was shoes, handbags, makeup, accessories, housewares, you name it. Anything that could kind of give me that little dopamine hit. And, you know, back then I was very influenced by magazines and Pinterest. I'm not sure if Pinterest had come out then, but if it, if it did, it would have been a real problem for me because I was just everything I sold that I thought was beautiful, I wanted. And I was also the type of person who would wander into a shop I didn't eat anything. I was just going to browse. And then I would literally go through every single shelf in the shop looking for something, right? Anything that kind of just sparked joy with it. So that's where I was. That was not a healthy um, relationship with shopping. And I've come really far. So I'm very proud to say that, you know, those of you who've been listening to the show for a while, I've been a minimalist for nearly 10 years. Um, last year, no, the year before. So 2021 to 2022, I actually went about, I want to say it was 13 months where I didn't shop for clothes, shoes, accessories, that kind of thing at all. And, you know, that is, <laughs> that would have been unimaginable 15 years ago, just absolutely wild. And so, yeah, what I wanted to do for this episode is I was just sort of reflecting back over my life and I was thinking, well, what are the things that really made a difference? How did I go from being that person where shopping was like almost to some extent my whole identity to somebody who could not shop and not in a way where I felt deprived, but in a way where it actually felt easy. It felt, feels comfortable. I still, of course, now that my little um, self-imposed shopping bit is over, I do buy things, but it feels intentional. I don't have buyer's remorse, usually. I'm not perfect, of course, but for the most part, I don't have buyer's remorse. I don't spend beyond my means, and it just feels different. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but it's like when I shop, it it comes from a different place inside of me. And so I guess I'm just explaining that to, to say what I mean by healthy. I'm not a financial planner, so I'm not here to tell you, you know, exactly what you should be spending but to me, that's what feels healthy when you feel good about your purchases. Simple as that, right? And they're within your means and you use and you love your things. So 
reflecting back on my life. What were the things that helped me make that transition? Well, number one, and this is probably the biggest, when I think back, I can actually envision moments where I was in the shop looking at things and had this thought in my head and was able to easily walk away. And this is what it is. I started framing what my spending was costing me in meaningful terms. Okay, so I'm going to give you an example. And this is actually not the one that worked for me, but it's one that's very common. And that's when you start thinking about your purchases in terms of hours of your life. So, for example, let's say that you are looking at buying a sweater that costs $30 and you earn $10 an hour. Just a simple example. In that case, you could say that the sweater costs you three hours of your life. And for some people, that might be enough. You might think that and go, oh my gosh, that's so meaningful. That, you know, is going to help me change my shopping habits right away. But I'm going to be completely frank and say that that thought didn't really work for me. And that's why I really want to highlight the importance of of choosing a meaningful, a meaningful for you framework. Okay, so for me, there's various reasons. And honestly, I could record a whole episode about it, about my relationship with work and busyness, and I probably will at some stage. But long story short, the whole concept of thinking about my purchases in terms of hours of my life was just not very motivating for me. Also, I think from a lot of people, it's sometimes a little too abstract. Like, of course, our, our time is precious, right? Our lives are precious. But this idea of like three hours of your life When you're, especially if you're young, it just feels like you've got so much life ahead of you. So it's sometimes a little bit hard in your mind to really feel like you're giving something up. Obviously, as well, like you have to work anyway and you have to earn and you have to earn money. That's a situation for most people. So it's just not very motivating. What I found for me that was a huge game changer is I started to see my purchases, like when I started weighing up the trade-offs in terms of what they were really costing me, as that they were costing me the freedom to travel more often. So like when I was buying a sweater that cost $30, that's $30 that was keeping me from traveling. And so for me, there's several reasons why that was so powerful. I Travel's probably always been my biggest hobby, so I'm quite passionate about it. Also, I live overseas. Um, if you can't tell from my <laughs> from my accent, I don't even know what accent I have, but I have lived in Australia for 20 years, but my family is in the US and now my husband's family. So my kids' grandparents are in the UK. So travel is really important for us because we want to travel to see family. But especially when I was younger, when I was going through the phase where I was trying to overcome my shopping addiction, travel really had this extra meaning to me because at the time I was struggling a lot with my sense of self. I think it's, I was in my twenties, you know, it's very common. I felt like I was trying to live up to everybody else's expectations. And as someone who spent a lot of time traveling in my twenties, it often felt like the only time I could truly be myself. Like I didn't have to, I could be, when you're traveling long-term, which is what I did in my twenties, and I was often traveled alone, I should add, there was just this incredibly freeing feeling. I'd be able to show up in a town, stay at like a backpacker's hostel. Nobody knew me. Nobody knew what to expect from me. And it actually gave me the opportunity to be myself. And so this was really life-changing. 
And I know it's a bit of a tangent, but I just wanted to share it with you just so you can understand that travel was not just like, oh, this is fun. Let me go to the pool and drink some cocktails. It was something that really weighed heavily on my heart. And so the point is that when I thought about travel, the reason that it was so easy to stop shopping is because it resonated with me on an emotional level. And that's what I would recommend for you if you're trying to change your shopping habits. Just saying travel, if that's not something that really connects to your, you know, if that's not really something that speaks to your heart, well, then it's not going to have that impact. But when you find that thing, that meaningful thing that resonates with you, what I noticed is that the decision to not shop becomes so much easier because you are comparing some cheap dress, you know, on the rack with something that you really want from your life. And all of a sudden this dress is like, oh my God, why would I even think of buying that? Right. It seems so worthless compared to this thing that is so valuable to me. So again, I'm not saying that to say that, hey, you should run out and that, you know, you should start using travel as the kind of trade-off in your mind. But I do suggest that you think really deeply about what matters to you, which I know is a line that gets thrown around a lot, but but it is important. So just think about that and see if there's something that you want more than whatever's on the clearance rack at Target. Okay? So that's the first thing that really helped me transform my shopping habits. The second was that I changed the labels that I use for myself. And so I use the term label really loosely. Uh, maybe a better way to describe it is my self-identity. But I guess when I was a shopaholic, the way that I thought of myself right, was as I'm that girl, that free-loving girl who loves shopping. I was, you know, I sort of came of age in the Sex and the City era, if any of you have watched that, where, you know, Carrie Bradshaw portrays shopping to be so glamorous and so fun and so lovely, right? And she just, I don't know, she had this energy, right? And I wanted to be like that person. And that's kind of what I started to think of myself when I was shopping. Now, for you, that might be different. You might be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But if you think about it, there's so many different ways that like our self-identity can relate to our shopping habits. So for example, the one that I see all the time, especially in America, which I don't live there anymore, but you know, you see it on social media, is this whole like tired mom who goes to Target on these like kind of self-care runs. And I'm not judging it because I think sometimes when you are in a difficult situation, you just have to deal with it however you can. But I do think that there is some danger in kind of making this almost like part of your culture, right? Like where these target runs start to become part of who you are or how you see yourself. Or for example, another one might be, um, I always use these crafter examples. I'm not a crafter, but lots of my clients are. And so I can just see like I've seen it on Instagram and things like that. Like if you're really in the craft community, you may start to have this kind of identity where you're not a real crafter unless you have those big Pinterest craft rooms that I've seen. And so that might be something that kind of keeps you shopping because the way that I see it, it's almost like you are like an actor in a play, right? So my my role in the play was like, carefree happy shopper um in fact i actually saw this on my facebook memories not that long ago it was this 
post that I had shared, I want to say like in 2009. And it was like, life is short, buy the shoes, right? And that pretty much just sums up the energy about how I wanted to feel. I wanted to be that life-hearted person who bought the shoes. So obviously, if that's kind of how I see myself, that's how I'm going to act. I'm going to shop all the time. But what I did, so I guess if we're going back to that kind of moment where, where things started to change, is I started to see myself differently. So it's like I put on a different costume, right? And so the way I started to see myself was someone who is so confident that I don't need things, like that kind of like effortlessly cool girl, <laughs> which to be completely honest, you was still like a costume. I didn't necessarily feel that way inside. But not shopping was kind of the way that that persona would behave. And at least that persona was aligned with my values and priorities. And honestly, when I reflect back, I think that because there was that alignment, that acting in that way helped me become that person. So the whole shopaholic thing, because that wasn't really who I was inside, even after 15 years of putting on the hat, so to speak, I wasn't feeling like that person, but the kind of self-assured person who doesn't need things, who doesn't need to be defined by having like the trendiest t-shirt, for example, that just felt more authentic. And again, I'm not saying that it was easy, but the more that I kind of practiced, quote unquote, wearing that hat, it did get easier for me. Okay. So that was point number two. Point number three that really helped me transform my shopping habits was self-care. And I know it's probably cheesy, but honestly, it was so true. When I started taking better care of myself, and that meant so many different things. So like on a really practical level, it was things like getting more rest, but it was also boundaries. So for example, social media, right? A lot of people are on social media now, and it's easy to be not just influenced by other people, but also to let other people make you feel a certain way. And it doesn't mean that that person on social media is bad or intentionally trying to hurt you, but you might be following a count and it's like the friendliest person on earth, but they have, you know, the most beautiful kitchen or the most beautiful outfits. And every time you see that person on social media, you think, oh my gosh, I feel inadequate now. and I feel like I need things to make me feel better, right? So in that case, self-care might look like unsubscribing and, you know, just creating a bit of a bubble around you where you're surrounded by things that make you feel good about yourself. And so this works because, and again, it's going to be different for everyone, but for me personally, because obviously I can only speak from my experience, shopping was often a way of like an outlet for me. It was an emotional outlet I was dealing with things I didn't necessarily have the support or the energy to deal with, right? So shopping was like this quick dopamine hit. I could buy something new and feel better for at least a short period of time. But as I started to take care of myself, I didn't need that kind of care anymore. I, I didn't need shopping to make myself feel better because I could make myself feel better. And in fact, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, and this is a little bit vulnerable, but probably one of the biggest things I did that helped me end my shopaholicism, <laughs> if that's a word, was to leave the long-term relationship that I was in. 
and not that it was damaging, you know, it, it actually wasn't a bad relationship, but it just wasn't the right one for me. And so I was spending a lot of energy trying to avoid that. I didn't want to hear that because that was going to be painful. And so shopping was a fantastic distraction from that. And so I actually think that in many ways, ending that relationship, even though it was painful, was self-care. And then, as I said, once you start taking care of yourself, shopping, it's easier to shop less, or at least it was for me. Okay, so those are three things that helped me personally create healthy shopping habits. And yeah, I just I just encourage you to think about them and think, how do these relate to your life? Is this something that you might want to work on for yourself? All right, so thank you so much for listening and have a lovely day. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Simply and Fiercely show. If you want to learn more, you can download my free mindful decluttering guide and learn all the secrets that help me go from shopaholic to minimalist. All you need to do is visit simplyfiercely.com backslash free guide. That's all one word to get instant access. Until next time, thanks again.